the free for all roundtable round one on round one let's say good morning to tim hudak former leader of the ontario conservatives he's now at the ontario real estate association laura babcock is here from power group communications she's also the host of the o show and mark warner is an international trade lawyer uh good morning for everybody and let's actually start with uh, sort of the soap opera of politics um nothing's more fun than speculating about politics and there seems to be a growing murmur that mississauga's bonnie Cron- will be recruited to be the future of the provincial liberals. Mark Warner, what are your thoughts? Can she save the liberals? I mean, she, I, she seems like an attractive uh, politician. I haven't followed her all that closely, but I mean, I thought she was, a, she was, um, you know, she was compelling when she was, in, uh, was I think, in the federal parliament and, and uh, as mayor. So, um, you know, she's from Brampton. Um, you know, so I think that that's probably of the names that have been floated so far for the Liberals, including the green guy. Uh, she seems to be the, the most credible person to me so far. Um, Tim Hudak, I guess for you as a as a conservative, you might welcome somebody who might be as unpredictable as Bonnie Crombie leading the party that you don't support. Uh, geez, I've been saying it for some time, John. I think she would be the singular best choice uh, for the Ontario Liberals. She's a very experienced mayor of Ontario's third largest city, f- former federal MP. A very strong performance, I think, as, uh, as the mayor. Uh, I've known Bonnie since the, I think, mid-1990s when she was a lobbyist for the insurance industry always was impressed by her skills her communication ability uh, and her uh, her charisma now the caveat is it is usually you're usually wrong when you come from one party predicting another party's next leader because you don't always understand their internal dynamics you apply your own view but john i think dollars to donuts i think bonnie Crosby it would be the best leader liberals could uh, pick in the province of ontario laura babcock curiously it would reverse the flow currently it's mpps and party leaders who end up becoming mayors well but she's done that and she's done it well and she was re-elected with 71% of the vote in Mississauga, a populist area within the vote-rich part of uh, Ontario that is so important in a provincial election. And she gets under Doug's skin. Uh, he has respect for her politics. She bugs him. And, you know, do we think Merritt Stiles can really get under Doug's skin? I haven't really seen evidence of that yet. Mike Schreiner, not so much. So the Liberals, if they have any chance of being resuscitated or having a shot at at least weighing in on what's happening provincially it's to get a leader that knows how to deal with ford that as ford says you know some mayors don't play in the sandbox and he called her a whiner or something so obviously she has his attention she knows how to get to galvanize support behind herself electorally i think she's an exciting choice the liberals should be very happy at their policy weekend in hamilton coming up uh, to talk about the prospect of bonnie crombie coming in yeah this is going to be like a bit like kremlinology i don't expect her to announce that she She's running this weekend, but everybody's going to go through the speech with a fine-tooth comb and see if they get clues about what her intentions are. Okay, two um, features this morning or or columns and articles about the foreign interference with Canada's election. One of them is a report that says that this meddling did not actually affect the outcome. Most people are probably going to brush that report off because it was written by a guy who used to head up the Trudeau Foundation. The other one is an accounting of how the allegedly compromised MPs voted, and while one of them uh, missed two votes condemning China, those votes passed unanimously.
honestly, so they didn't exactly get their money's worth. But what's your take? We'll start with Tim Hudak. I just I've, I have found uh, Trudeau to be very much uh, off his footing on this issue. I do not understand why he allows it to persist. And look, I I, I know some of those uh, those members of Parliament or former provincial members serve with the legislature. I do not want this to be true. I'm shocked uh, by it. But if I were them, I'd want my name clear too, 100. percent Absolutely. I still do not understand why Trudeau has not called for an inquiry and get the answers, shut this stuff down. You know, have a list of those in foreign interference. Check a few people out and then clear up anybody whose name's been muddied. Like, why, why would you not do that as quickly as possible instead of stumbling around? Yeah, and Laura Babcock, complete transparency, I think, would, I mean, maybe it would completely undo Justin Trudeau and company. At the very least, though, it would, you know, what do they say? Sunlight is the best disinfectant. I couldn't care less whether or not it it undoes Justin Trudeau's government. What I care about is our Canadian democracy. We have seen unprecedented attacks on democracy around the world. We absolutely know what is happening. And whether or not China did anything, whether it benefited the Liberals, or whether or not they were feckless with all the money they may or may not have spent, let's find out. Because if not China, it could be Russia next. We've seen this playing out in the U.S. for the last five years. What more do we need is a wake-up call, Canada. So come on, Trudeau, if you really are defending Canadian democracy, if you really want to get more people out voting and keep this country democratic, then give us this public inquiry and let's all feel better about this. Mark Warner, your thoughts? Well, I had a chance to talk at length with Jerry about this on his show, I think, yesterday. And uh, um, look, in in any functioning democracy, I think there would be an inquiry. Um, In the best of all possible worlds, I think there should be one. But I just don't uh, trust Justin Trudeau to appoint anyone that I would regard as credible. I mean, the last kick at the can, he appointed uh, this Justice Rulo, who was a, uh, um, a, uh, a um, what's his name, Turner, Prime Minister Turner's uh, staffer. And, uh, you know, I, I think Justin Trudeau has, looks to me like fits the stereotype of a spoiled little rich kid who's always got his way. And he, he can't, he, he just seems to always have to put his finger on the scale a certain way to me. So I, I can't imagine that he would actually call an inquiry that I would regard as, as reasonable. I just don't think he's any evidence of that this time is we're now eight years into being a premier. So I think we, we have a pretty good body to look at. It's just not the way he plays the game. So yes, in any other country, any other time in the history of Canada in my life, we would have called an inquiry. Now, Justin Trudeau inquiry for this, I'm not, I wouldn't tell my breath on that one. Uh, let me lean into your expertise as an economist, Tim Hudak, for some quick thoughts on uh, economic numbers that came out yesterday. This is a very hard-to-read economy. It's kind of like a dashboard that has conflicting information on it, so you can't tell how fast the car is going. Yeah, it's a, very, it's a good way of putting it. And inflation is a, a lagging figure, too, so you really don't know if the tough medicine we've been taking is going to have an impact for some time. And the risk is you take even more of the medicine, higher uh, interest rates. To what degree does that limit people's ability to spend on, on homes, on, on cars, on, on vacations, any kind of borrowing, which will further slow down the economy? I, I hope they have it right. I'm crossing my fingers, John Moore. Uh, but, uh, but too often, you put a little too much weight on the scales, and they'll grind us into recession. The slower growth in December can be seen as a positive sign that it's working, but boy, we'll have our fingers crossed when it comes to January numbers. Let me leap to a different topic altogether. Laura Babcock, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, fairly, the word I've been using is harrowing. It hadn't occurred to me how much chaos must be prevailing in that Oakville school where the teacher with the prosthetic breasts was teaching. Apparently, they are on home leave right now. But kids describe being, uh, you know, these drills where 
where they know that people are searching for a bomb but nobody tells them about it. Uh, they talk about how they feel when this teacher was present, uh, humiliated and bullied in the school. This is a really harrowing account. Yeah, what a mess. I mean, I've been watching this from the beginning. And while I respect the teacher's right to, you know, how they see their own body and how they want to, um, you know, present themselves to the world or how they feel about themselves, it's about the kids. It has to always be about the kids. It has to be about creating an environment for the kids where they can focus on their academics. You know, and it's not just about this teacher and prosthetic breasts or whatever else. In any school where the teacher's behavior is taking away from the kids learning where the teachers having uh, you know has certain behaviors that are causing the children to talk more about the teacher than about what they're learning is always a concern for me as a parent right so I think schools need to say listen creating an environment in the classroom that is as low in stress and distraction as possible for our kids coming out of a pandemic our kids are traumatized John you know from being at home from breaking up their social circles from losing social cues the last thing they need is anything that takes them away from the foundations of learning what they need to do to succeed in this world. So I, I'm sad to see that it's gotten this far out of whack. I hope that all schools can put the priority on the students and their learning and their safety and avoid this kind of conflagration in the future. Mark Warner, I've always thought there was a certain corporal clinger aspect to this, so maybe it's time to give this individual what they seem to want, which is just buy them out. Yeah, I, I, I guess if you have to buy them out, you could. I, I, I don't love, I, I don't like going to money as the solution to everything. I would, I, there's got to be some grounds to get rid of her, and I, I would just try to do that first. And then if you had to pay at the end of that long process, I would. But I, I think that uh, you know, I don't. It just doesn't seem to be being done in good faith. And I, I kind of wish that some members of that community themselves uh, would that uh, would stand up and say, "Look, this is ridiculous, and uh, you're not helping us." And and I um I, I just don't know. I just don't know. It's a larger question around equality seeking and equality seekers and organizations and representatives. But ha, ha, I, at some point, you've got to police your own, and that community needs to police that woman or man, whatever it is, uh, now. Tim Hudak, you've got a high school age daughter, if not two. I always forget about your younger daughter. But I, I, you know, I think if this was happening in in your daughter's school, you'd probably be attending a lot of meetings and raising a lot of fuss. Well, and you hate to do that over an individual. And uh, it is a, a corporal clinger section eight gone bad, right? And and it's a desperate cry for help and attention or both. To to me, John, this reinforces another reason why school boards absolutely suck as a level of government. They are way past their prime. It's hard to think of a competent thing the school boards have done in recent memory and all kinds of disaster stories. They are feckless. They are indecisive. They are a waste of money. I would love to see the government of any stripe close down school boards and invest the savings in education in the classroom. I got you. I've got your back on that one. I remember Christy Blatchford. It was the Senate and school boards. She said, get the people out, burn them down. (laughs) Okay. Uh, One last story. We were talking with a car expert about this. He says it should come as no surprise that the future tech in cars would be one that if you don't pay for it, they'd start taking aspects of it away. So they'd turn off the radio. You wouldn't be able to drive it on the weekend. Uh, Mark Warner, it's a fairly dystopic future, but uh, or it's more Bradbury-esque, I guess, but I can see it happening. <laughs> dystopic because... You- just don't be because you can't have the you drive a car without the radio. Is that it? Well, I mean that would yes, that would be the end of the world. John Moore, come on. 
I'm, I'm surprised it's taken so long for anyone to come up with this. I, as I read it quickly this morning, I was trying to think of what legal po- possible legal arguments I could come up with against it. And I couldn't, on a quick run through my mind, come up with any. So um, I, I suppose if you got all the paperwork right and you had it and you could set the system so it wouldn't fail and you clearly assumed risk when it, dry, when it drove itself off. And so the previous owner uh, didn't have a problem. If you get all that straightened out, then yeah, it sounds like a great idea. Well, Laura Babcock, you're fairly car proud, but I also think you've never <laughs> missed a car payment. I haven't, but you know what? It's not your car, right? If if you don't own it, if you're still paying it, even if you try to sell it or whatever, you still have to pay off the, the balance. So uh, the fact that it can be repossessed and remotely and taken away, it, it sounds ghastly, but the reality is you don't own it yet. Uh, but also, I have to say, for people who live in urban areas, like I, I'm car proud. I love my car, but I'm not going to probably buy another one, John. Not when I can take an Uber and skip the insurance payments monthly. I mean, in, in a municipality, uh, Uber or Lyft service is so much more reasonable than having a car these days. Thanks a lot to all of you. Great chat. Mark Warner, Tim Hudak, and Laura Babcock. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.